Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm here with James Leffler. He's a massage student, I believe, at Lauderstein Conway. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he's also working at Stretch Lab. I wanted to give James a chance to introduce himself, including his name, and where you can contact him, potentially on social media. James, could you do that? Yeah. Um, hey, I'm James. My Instagram, which is where I live most of the time, is going to be at james.move, which is my creative profile, and at True Therapeutics, where I'm doing my best to document my massage school journey. And I'm also really active on TikTok at james.move as well. And that's really just a creative platform trying to figure that whole new world out. Nice. So, James, you and I met at Time Massage Jam in Austin. This has been many, many months ago. Um, you were working at Stretch Lab. You've come back to the jam, I think, several times. We've worked together. Um, I assume a lot of this podcast is going to focus on, like, Stretch Lab, what you're seeing in massage school, and then some, like, marketing and information about stretch facilities, massage regulation, and sort of the interchange between those. Um, is there anything in particular uh, within that realm that you want to discuss and talk about? Well, I'd be more than happy to talk about all of that. When you mention kind of the, the confluence of marketing and stretch lab and massage school, the first thing that came to my mind was just how difficult it, it arbitrarily is to market these things. And I say arbitrary because when I'm in massage school, it seems like it would just be a no-brainer to turn on my camera and you know respectfully document the process in the classroom. I'm not allowed to do that because of you know the school's rules. And I get it, you're dealing with nudity, and if people are nude in the classroom, most people aren't going to want a camera. But when it comes to like the lesson plans and stuff. It seems to me like it makes sense to show the marketplace what you're actually doing to give people an idea of whether or not they want to do that. But I'm also seeing that in Stretch Lab where it's – since it is a corporation and it's just a, it's a franchise, um, it's a franchise, they really want to keep their marketing very specific. And it's like the – Corporate has to be the gatekeeper to give the go-ahead on any type of marketing that Stretch Lab, the, the franchise, is going to do. So on one hand, I'm at a place that I can't really create to my fullest potential because I have my, you know, the corporate overseers. And on the other, I'm in school where I want to market myself as an up-and-coming entrepreneur, business owner with my own practice – but documenting the process is has proven challenging. Yeah. So in the end, you do it on your own. Uh, the reason exactly. I created my own private practice is because there was no facility in Austin that would dare give me a job doing what I'm doing. Didn't matter that the clients liked it. Didn't matter that they improved more rapidly. Didn't matter that they paid you know lots of money for it. It's like, well, this is weird. This is not 
I know it's not massage as you think of it. When I see ads for Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone um, in my uh, Facebook feed primarily or Instagram, it's always hilarious to me because I look at every ad and I go, does that look what I do? Does that look like what I do? Does that look like what I do? And I'm like, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, my yeah. background, the very first experience I had with body work was doing Thai massage. And I learned that at an acro yoga immersion. So that was really just what I assumed body work to be, or at least a large portion of the body work world to be. And going out of that and start actually looking for places that offer that, none were found, which is one reason I was so excited to find out about Stretch Lab. The Reading the job description of Stretch Lab, and I was actually their first employee, so I saw it day one that they posted it. It sounded very much like Thai massage to me. And, um, and, and, and in some ways it is, it's almost like, a it's, it's time massage that specifically focuses on the stretches and you can't do the massage. It's not, not as much compression and not as much like breathing and moving in and out and playing with like the depth, um, but all stretching. So it's been, it's been a really great experience honing at least that aspect of the body work while working at stretch lab. Yeah. I don't feel any, any near like competition. People have asked me about that. And I've been teaching, I think in Austin for about 10 years and you know, they're like, man, you're not, you know, you're not nervous about these places. And I'm like, no, they're preparing the entire marketplace for what I teach. Mm -hmm. If massage therapists don't evolve and change and develop, like somebody else is going to fill that market niche. That's exactly right. From hell or high water. Um, I received some flack recently because uh, somebody said, you know, Robert's getting ready to teach people who aren't licensed. And I go, the first time I worked with you, you know, you were like, wow, this is amazing. You know, can you come to my facility and teach? And I go, sure, man, just set it up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, like, if anything – so first, first of all, this has already been taught to non-therapists. If you're familiar at all with the acro yoga community, they're already doing that. Now they're doing it in a way where it's like you learn how to do this with friends and family and loved ones or people at like a Thai massage or a, an acro yoga jam. Yeah. Um, but it's already being taught to the general public and, like, and the world hasn't burned down. So pretty solid there. What it's also done is turned on like, – people who may not have otherwise been interested in body work to body work. Taking myself as an example, I would, the the prospect of Swedish massage as an example, wouldn't excite me as much. Like building my career around that doesn't really excite me, but building it using Thai massage as a foundation really does. And I think it's going to, that's going to be true for most people because you have to be a pretty open person to want to do body work to begin with. You have to be a level above that for your bread and butter to be nude table glide massage. So you're already, you're, you're niching out an an already niche market. And I think the clothing and mat based kind of takes a step down where you still have to have a pretty open personality to want to do this kind of work, but it makes it more accessible. Like, and I, I mean that literally it's more accessible. You just need a mat and that's it versus like a table set up and 
the right lubrication and I think massage therapy there like it has really great benefits and there's a lot of it that I really really enjoy but I think both the practice and the industry are putting way too many hurdles between the and a client who wants uh, a certain type of result. Yeah. <clears throat> At a certain point, I, in the process of dealing with marketing and dealing with packaging, um, what I what was happening was as my teaching practice was growing, the traditional time massage community was coming in and saying, "This is not time massage," and. It was like I was having success in my practice and in my teaching practice, but outsiders were saying, yeah, this isn't culturally Thai. And I was trying to develop essentially what was Thai massage in America. And then when I sat and looked at it, I said, okay, hold on. Remove the label Thai massage and sit down and like lay out categorizations between traditional Thai massage and what you do. And what I generally discovered was traditional Thai massage was a category, and I was diametrically opposed to everything. Time is, traditional Thai massage was based on tradition. I was based on science. Mm. Traditional Thai massage was based on a culture. I was based on effective body work. Traditional Thai massage was you know, from Thailand, and I was like teaching stuff that was anatomically based for all of humanity. You know, traditional time massage, it was generally not a good idea to show off or advertise your work. And I'm running video cameras trying to record everything. Like, I was diametrically opposed. And what I realized was the practice itself and the way that I was trying to develop and change and adapt and add yoga and yoga therapy, a different way of interacting with the client, making the sessions three hours long – you had changed it so much that just massage therapists continued. This still happens regularly. They still tell me this is not massage. And every time they said that, my retort was, well, if it's not massage, I don't need a massage license. And if it's not massage, I don't need a massage establishment license. And if it's not massage, I could teach anybody I want. And they go, oh, no. Right. Right. That situation and the frustration that I sometimes feel is because Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone finally figured out the loophole. And they took advantage of it on a corporate level because they have more money and they have more power and they have better lawyers. I have not been able to do that because I cannot get my kinsman, the massage therapist, to adapt and evolve into what I do. It's where occasionally students in class will ask me to open a facility, which means, James, they want me to look at you and go, give me 60%. And I'm like, James, why don't we work together, <laughs> you know, and like build your own private practice and make, you know, $100,000 a year. Therapist thinks that's absurd, but I think they're just short-sighted and they don't have a full vision. And I, on my part, I failed to brand and package it in such a way that it makes immediate sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one thing that I, I think – once I'm once I feel legally comfortable to start building my own practice, um, that I'm I'm really excited about is just marketing and branding, especially with a, a platform like TikTok, it being just profoundly experimental and so profoundly experimental and AI driven. 
Uh, I recently saw a short video about how the TikTok algorithm works. And it's basically, it, you, you put out a video and it'll send it to a certain number of people based on like four criteria, like rewatch time. If you completed the whole video, likes and comments, it will then um, either keep it, the video at that tier or it'll rank it up. And so that's how you can have literally one video on your profile. And I think your only video go viral. And suddenly you have like thousands, tens of thousands of followers and hundreds of thousands or millions of views. So I think that's going to be a huge part in just showing the, the world what this kind of body work is. Yes. And, and just it's a huge creative opportunity as well. And, and I, I love that aspect. When I, when I broke down that categorization, I remember, because again, it was like I was, as a philosophy student or former philosophy student, I was performing a thought experiment. And I said, Robert, get rid of the labels. Don't worry about whether it's Thai. Look at what you're actually physically doing. And one of the things was, one of the core differences was that I was working on people who were completely clothed. And I said, okay, that's a very distinct difference than what the consumer thinks of as massage. Now, what does this allow? And I'm like, you can film and photo document everything. And when I really hit that, that was probably eight years ago, I went, oh, no. I've, I didn't see it clearly enough. It's like you need to start filming and making video now because there's no way that a massage therapist can keep up with the level of video production we're dealing with because you know I can literally film my clients I can film yeah. all of the sessions I can I can repurpose I can use stills make memes being able to perform the work publicly and let's push it even further the time massage jam is completely clothed and completely public you and I, James, could get together with a handful of licensed therapists. We can all work together in the same room publicly without privacy and work on individual clients in a group supporting environment. Women yes. are safer doing what I teach. It removes it from any notion of impropriety or the sex trade. It's public. It's closed yeah. on. It solved yeah. a lot of those core issues, but I feel like it changed it enough that my own industry is like, you know, pushing back against it. Mostly what I've been doing is just trying to find the, the weirdos, the iconoclasts in the industry <laughs> to kind of pull them along. And that's worked, you know, to a degree. But even I have some um, weird situation, like even you mentioned you know, when you get your license and you know you have legal protection, it's a little bit easier for you to, you know, push forward. That's exactly right. So yeah. even, I mean, even posting some, uh, like on, on True Therapeutics, I'm taking kind of a creative approach to sharing body work. Even that, I'm like, could I potentially get in trouble for this? Because if you no. read the law, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like that was my conclusion. You're not, you're not charging. You're, you're not yeah. charging. In, in Texas, the, w the way I understand it, and I could be wrong about that. If you're a lawyer watching this, please contact me. Um, essentially, you could – and this is the, the issue. People, massage therapists will say, well, they can't do massage without a license. And I'm like, no, that's not completely true. And they're like, what? And I'm like, listen, if a husband massages his wife, we all know that's not illegal. It's illegal when people are charging for massage without a license. Right. 
like I'm at the time massage gym teaching the public how to work on other people in the public who are in chronic pain. Like, come here. It doesn't matter. You don't need a license. I'm just going to show you how to do some basic work and help each other. Mm-hmm. When they start charging, that's when it becomes illegal. For you to make videos on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, and you don't have a license, there's no, you're not breaking any laws. Yeah. We'll take a quick break. Hey, y'all, it's Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I just want to come in here and say thank you for tuning in on Twitch, and we'd love to help you become better. Uh, Demas0125, but thank you for tuning in. For the massage therapists out there, just wanted to let you guys know about the free trial we're currently doing for the Reboot Insiders Club. If you head on over to rgwellness.store slash free trial, you can take advantage of that 30-day new user activation and uh, get that free 30-day trial. You can get 400-plus hours of video and written material on there, and uh, it's a great resource to add to your practice. Back to Robert and James in the studio. Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm here with James Leffler. Uh, did I pronounce that correct, James? Yeah. Leffler, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, James, can you give them your contact information and where they can find you, particularly on social media? Yeah. So on TikTok, I'm just at james.move and on Instagram, at james.move. And also True Therapeutics, which is where I'm documenting my journey through massage school. Nice. So, uh, James, what I was saying uh, before we quickly went to break is it's not breaking a law to do massage without a license. In Texas, at least, all, all 50 states have different rules on this. Some states still don't even have state licensure. It's illegal to do massage without a license. Now, the big question is, if you don't call it massage, can you still do it? And I go, okay, listen, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how things are actually enforced. What I can tell you is most state laws will say that massage is the manipulation of soft tissue. Do people at Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone manipulate soft tissue? Yes. Okay, I, I don't get it, yeah. but all right, whatever. But they don't call it massage, so okay, now here's, here's the fundamental piece for me. If they can do it, why can't I? And that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, and you, know, you mentioned that like right now you're at a point where you're sort of butting up with your own industry, your own industry, I mean the massage industry. And I think a major piece of that is because of the commodification of massage. So it's worth looking at, well, what is a, how is a commodity defined? It's a specific thing. So you can think of like as a hamburger, as a commodity, it's bread, cheese, meat. You're going to call that a hamburger. If you give me a piece like a tortilla with some mayonnaise on it and call it a burger, you're so like burger is something that's very well known in the mind of the public. But the massage industry has made massage something that is that thing known to the public. And they've done a really good job at it. I don't think a lot of the, the butting head or the head butting that you're experiencing is coming from a malicious place. It's coming from a I've built this industry, don't mess with me place. But if you're going to do that, fine. Don't think that you have a 
uh, uh, monopoly on body work as a whole. Oh, no, no. But that's exactly what massage therapists believe they have. They have a monopoly on touch itself. This is this is why fundamentally I am opposed on all fronts to massage regulation and will probably remain a pariah. The reason I don't like it is because they're trying to regulate touch itself. And I say, hold on, cuddle therapists touch people without a license. Stretch lab and stretch zone are touching people without a license. Yoga teachers and yoga therapists are touching people without a license. Personal trainers are touching people or without a license. What gives? And they yeah. go, oh, well, it's not massage. And I go, what is massage? And then it just descends into chaos. Yeah. And what, what Stretch Lab has done, or Stretch Lab, I guess, I'm not too familiar with Stretch Zone. I've heard the name, but I don't really know what they do. But yeah. speaking from a wealth of experience from Stretch Lab, legally speaking, if you read the definition, the legal definition of massage, Stretch Lab is doing massage. But quite frankly, the law is only as relevant as it is enforced. So uh-huh. if no one's enforcing it, that's <laughs> – and that's the key. Like, I, don't, and I don't know – how they have they gotten away with it? I'm not complaining. I think they provide a wonderful service. The clients that I see at Stretch Lab are seeing excellent results and in increasing their flexibility and addressing some pain issues. Like they're, they're providing a great service, but legally speaking, it would be considered massage. But again, if it's not being enforced, what do you do about that? To, to give you an example, because of what Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone have done successfully, I look at it and go, okay, now. I'm a yoga teacher and a massage therapist. If I could get the yoga community to now listen and I go to the yoga community and I offer them a stretch lab like service that's now mat based, that's done in a group setting, then I can franchise within establishing infrastructure within yoga studios around the United States. No licenses necessary. Now, if Huge. you were able to do that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think you'd be able to do um, like continuing education or like for CEU hours, but I don't see a problem with doing that just as like a workshop. Massage therapists are because, again, they feel like they own it. At the same time that they keep telling me it's not massage, they're like, no, you need a license. And I'm like, a license to do what? If it is not called massage, you don't need a license. If you call it massage and you charge money, those are the two legal pieces. If you take away one or the other, no license necessary, as far as I can tell. Once you get into that terrain, it's like occasionally I'll get someone that will call me and say, well, can you do body work? And I go, I don't know. Get a lawyer. Yeah, what is body um, work? I just <laughs> one call a week from a yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, somebody who says, listen, can I study what you do? And I say, absolutely. I've recorded the last two years of every class. It's available for free for your first month on our subscription service. And they go, well, but can I do it legally? And I say, I don't know, get a lawyer. Because I have a license. It doesn't matter. I think like, I what we're... give people legal advice. Right, right. Like, or you, can you, can you give people legal advice, but not charge for it? Uh, probably. But the thing is, do you want to trust me for your legal advice? Well, yeah, and that's and I think that's kind of where the the, you. I know you you previously mentioned that you're opposed to any sort of regulation whatsoever regarding massage with with massage 
with specifically massage. And I can, I definitely understand that view. I'm just very libertarian as a, just temperamentally. Um, but what you just said is one reason why I think some regulation is a good thing. No, I don't want to trust you with, with my legal advice because you're not a lawyer. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm just going to like disregard it completely because you, you talk to lawyers yourselves and you have an invested interest in giving good information with regard to the massage industry. But with, with regard to body work as a whole being regulated somewhat versus not at all, I think maintaining a, a, prof, a certain degree of professionalism is goes hand in hand with some sort of regulation. Like, do you think that professionalism and regulation are just totally like opposed? Like they don't have any hold on each other? Or do you think that maybe there is some, I think people rely on social proof. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, let's say I studied law on my own. Um, I went and I, I somehow got access and took the bar exam and I passed the bar exam Currently, in our legal climate, I cannot now be a licensed lawyer. You used to be able to do that, by the way. You can't do that yeah. anymore. Lawyers are preventing competition, and they say, nope, you have to go to law school. You have to go $100,000 in debt and spend four or five years in a chair like I did. That's what massage therapists are doing. They're saying, nope, you don't get to bypass. You have to go to school like I did and go $15,000 in debt and spend a year in that chair. And I go, yeah, I, I teach online worldwide. It's free for your first month. Yeah. I, mean, there I think the a... license in and of itself makes it more professional. And when it comes to this, you have to understand it's like there's lots of you know, licensed uh, professionals breaking all sorts of laws all the time. I understand that laws are put in place to protect people, but when the laws are unenforceable, are they worth anything? I mean, we all no. know that cocaine and heroin are illegal. We all generally know that they're not a great idea for your health. Mm -hmm. People do it anyway. Like, I don't know currently where to get heroin, but I guarantee you if I go make about 10 phone calls, I can find some heroin in Austin. <laughs> if it's not enforceable, what's the use of the law in an illicit sort of black market? Well, the use of it would be to, to instill cultural norms. Now, I, I tend to be more, again, I'm very libertarian, and I'm in favor of like, uh, Take cannabis, for example. I'm in favor of full legalization for recreational use for adults over a certain age. And, and to a certain extent, I could agree with the argument that you should just legalize all drugs because what, what places like Venezuela have seen is that once you do legalize all drugs, people like you don't see it necessarily an ink or spike in. Uh, and drug use because most people see a heroin addict and they're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that kind of person. So, in so so theoretically, a law, a moral law, would be around to instill those cultural norms. And I think that there's there's some room for that because without law, without structure, you just have chaos. But and but within chaos is your ability to, to create because creation is fundamentally a chaotic endeavor. And anyone who is, you know, creative minded can understand the, the necessity of chaos, but if it's only chaos, then you never bring it into the real world of order. So it's always that balance between chaos and order. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm happy to have like a philosophical conversation about this and continue on. The reason I talk about massage regulation specifically is because I don't feel like it's of any necessary actual benefit to massage therapists. It just means they have to pay more fees and pay a gatekeeper. Some massage therapists, for instance, want licensing regulation fees because they eventually want to be adopted within the healthcare system. I do not in any way, shape, or form. Now, Mm -hmm. I do extremely medical-grade massage therapy and body work, by the way. That's, Mm -hmm. That's my bread and butter is chronic pain. At the same time, I don't want to be involved in that because I don't want an insurance company to tell me what to do and to tell me what my session should look like and to tell me what my soap notes forms should look like. Like, no, I want more freedom and more money. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I, I think what we're kind of butting up against is a, a larger cultural issue of a dissolving of trust of the gatekeepers, of the institutions. Because it's like, so, so here you are, you're providing an outstanding service that is biomechanically superior to a lot of what the normal massage industry thinks of as massage. I think body work is just, or the body work of massage is just a very difficult place to to instill adequate regulation because it kind of it it, it elicits. I think it's called Zeno's paradox, which is like you can kind of boil it down to: at what point does a pile become a heap? It's like if you have a, a heap of oats and you take one oat out of it it's you're still going to call it a pile but at a certain point you're taking enough oats to where that heap is suddenly a pile but at what point is that same thing with body work if i'm taking someone into uh into a stretch and holding it is that is that body work is it massage how do you regulate that and the, the answer we'll take a quick break Hey, y'all, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. And as always, hello, Mom. Hi. How's it going? Robert, want to say hello? Yeah. Uh, So currently we're doing the holiday sale for all digital workbooks and videos. And if you want to take advantage of that before it gets taken down on uh, January 2nd of of the, the new year, 2020, Congratulations, you made it this far. 2020, the new decade, new vision, as would say some would say. Yeah, it's 20% off of the holiday for the holiday sale of all digital workbooks and videos. You can um, you can take advantage of that by going to bit.ly forward slash RGW holiday sale, or you can go directly to rgwellness.store and click on the holiday sale tab and take advantage of that. And as always, thank you and back to Ron. Essentially, James, um, well, before I kick back into it, can you tell them where they can contact you on social media again? 
Yeah, uh, you can find me on TikTok doing all sorts of experimental work at james.move and Instagram at james.move. Also Instagram at True Therapeutics if you're interested in following my massage school journey. So James, what I'm talking about is the fact that when it comes to massage and body work, I'll give you a quick story. Uh, when we talk about regulation and enforcement, uh, there was a gentleman in Austin who wanted to come take a class with me. He had a conversation with me, and I, you know, allow people who are like clients or they want to work on their loved one. I'll sometimes let those folks into my intro tie class just to teach them the basics, so they know how to safely, you know, work on their wife or whatever. Well, he came in and take a cl took a class with me, and then like a year later. I get a phone call from a massage therapist in Austin, and they're complaining because they're saying, this guy's working without a license. And I go, oh, well, if he's working without a license, you need to contact the state board and report him. And she's extremely frustrated and says, well, if I report him, the state board's not going to do anything. And then I'm like, so why are you calling me? Like, I can't – like, I'm not the massage police. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like – in, in other words, people can learn what I do for free on YouTube. If they go out and do massage without a license because they learned stuff on my YouTube, am I liable for that? No. So why is it when I sell information, ooh, you're making money? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm an educator. I sell information now. What do you want? Like somebody subscribed from Tokyo. Like, I mean, I don't care. It's like if he can study from Japan and his English is better than my Japanese, come on, let's go. We're trying to help people here. We're in the middle of an opiate epidemic in the middle of America, and we're arguing about massage regulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I think, like, talking, you know, putting it in that context, an opiate epidemic versus massage regulation. Like, obviously, the, the opiate epidemic is a really is a way worse problem. But so, so let me let me just be clear on on one point that I was uh, making. You're talking about online education. I also think that having regulation for online education is silly at best. Um, but, but again, talking about regulation just as, as a whole, um, we're, we're seeing that dissolving of, of trust in our institutions, and we're seeing the institutions um, harden in their approach because they're starting to see their power wane. I think the greatest example of that is what we're seeing with the mainstream media. Like they, they see their empire crumbling because of the open nature of the internet. And so they're just pushing out the most extreme stories they can so they can get the clicks. And it's like a scorched earth policy. Who cares about the consequences as long as our next quarter reports are favorable? Um, but we also, we, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater or in other words, we can't, uh, carelessly denigrate social institutions. There's a reason that you and I are able to communicate over the air using these tiny devices that we keep in our pockets that also hold the world's knowledge. It's because of the whatever regulations that were in place that let the creatives create, but didn't let them, I don't know, like the, the thing about creatives is that like you need some sort of structure because if you're always everywhere, then you're nowhere. You need to go. I'm not sure. 
the, the regulation didn't create it. Technology created it. So when I have conversations with Trent, Trent gets a little frustrated because he understands that this small portable device allows us global access. We could potentially contact everyone on Earth, but we're not allowed to do that because of regulation, rules. Mark Zuckerberg owns Facebook. You know, Google owns YouTube, and they're controlling information flow in a way that he's like, stop it. Like, I want freedom. And I'm like, mm, no, man, the internet ain't free. We can sit around and read about Ed Snowden. Like, it ain't what you think it is. Now, I'm happy that I have this degree of freedom. And with this degree of freedom, I keep going, well, go, why not more freedom? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Because from an information flow perspective, it annoys me that educators act like stuff is a trade secret. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, you can study with me online for free. And they're like, what? And I go, yeah, I mean, after that, it's seven bucks a month. And they're like, what? It's not, you know, somebody in Massage Entrepreneurs the other day, there's 14,000 members. They don't even know I'm the admin. Uh, there was a video I posted with a link to the subscription service. And the guy said, I don't know, it sounds kind of scammy. And I was like, hey, you know, why does it sound scammy? And I know it sounds scammy because we're only charging seven bucks. He wants to know, I don't understand what's the catch. And it's like, the catch is I'm going to fucking destroy your industry. And if you don't yeah. listen to me, the yoga community is going to find it and they'll fuck your industry. So you need to decide whose team you're on very quickly. I'm right. not going to stop. And it's not because I'm trying to hurt people. It's because I'm trying to deliver information so people don't have to live in pain the way I did. I kept developing what I did because I needed help with pain. When it worked on me, I used it on clients. When it worked on clients, I started teaching massage therapists. And they're the ones, my tribesmen, who kept saying, I don't understand, but you know, this isn't massage. And I go, oh boy, I'm a philosophy student. What is massage? <laughs> like, do you want to help people or not? That's what I teach. That's all. It's right. not because I'm, it's not because I sit down and go, what laws can I break today? No, it's not about that at all. Like, I understand if I speed, I'm going to get a ticket. You know, I understand if I break massage laws, they'll take away my license. The challenge is I'm not breaking any laws. I'm just delivering information for pennies on the dollar, trying to help massage therapists who continually tell me they're broke and that their hands hurt. And I go, there is a different way. Right. That's what I'm going to teach you. That's what I'm doing. And that's what the Time Massage Jam has been for the last eight years in Austin. Yeah, and I think what you're doing is, is great. And I think it's the direction that, that was inevitably going to happen. And I'm very glad someone like you, who is very iconoclastic, is kind of leading the charge in that way. But at the same time, one, like kind of the way that you worded it, like, I'm going to fucking destroy your industry. Well, of course, you're going to have some apprehension and some anger um, that's coming back at you. Uber gives less than a shit about cab companies. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, it's like an unfortunate thing, but fall. you can understand the cab driver's anger toward Uber and why like the, the unions were trying to get it banned. And it's just like, I'm sorry about it, but this is, this is, mar this is um, capitalism. If the market thinks that this is the better service and the market is willing to pay for it, let them do it. Like th that's what stretch lab is proving that people yeah. have a hunger for this kind of work and it's effective. Yep. Yep. Now, when I say that, when I say it's going to destroy the industry, like you're talking about a, a white guy in his garage, 
in central Texas. Like I'm not going to do anything. It's just, I'm providing information. If the yoga community in mass subscribed tomorrow and started doing what I'm teaching in their yoga classes, do I care? No. I'm like, you help people and make them feel better. Great. But massage therapists go, wait, but they have to have a license. And I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, I'm tired of running on this psychic hamster wheel. Like I'm not going out trying to destroy the massage industry. Like I'm going out to give information that massage therapists, frankly, just won't listen to, you know, Trent is like, screw the massage therapists. Let's just, let's just scale it worldwide. Let's teach (laughs) online. And I'm like, Trent, I need to make enough money to adopt your anarchistic principles and just stream on Twitch 24 hours a day just just line up people outside my studio and work on them one after the other and let people watch and observe. The challenge is, and again, this is my, my problem, I think that I've failed to package and brand what I do in a significant way to get massage therapists on board. There's a, a piece of like mass psychology that I'm missing. When I say that I'm going to destroy the massage industry, it's like, did did Henry Ford destroy transportation? No. No, but horse breeders are pissed. And it's like, well, evolve or die, motherfucker. Yeah. You got a choice. Evolve or die. I'm in the business of putting myself out of business. I'm the first person who said, no, nah, you can't really teach online. What do I do now, James? <laughs> you teach online. Exactly. Because I'm like, wait, hold on. And it, it, ain't, it ain't 100%, but... Ooh, I think I can teach enough to really like allow somebody in South Sudan, you know, if they have access with their phone to actually study with me online and help people in their village. I'm like, wow, let's go do that. Yeah. And I think that that branding and marketing piece is something that I'm really excited to start diving into myself because I I see body work as it's, it's, Yes, it's a very helpful practice and for some people a necessary practice, but it's also a beautiful practice. And it depends on, on the way that you, that you perceive it and with regard to marketing, the way that you um, package it and distribute it. So again, going back to True Therapeutics, it's just an experiment. And so the, basically the way people consume uh, an, an Instagram page when they're very when they're first visiting it usually is kind of just like scrolling through the 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 general feed like the three by three feed and so the way i kind of structured it in a pattern so that as they're scrolling through each individual piece of content isn't the show it's the larger macro as you're scrolling through it it's just like it's a piece of art in and of itself which is which is exciting but what's more exciting is what TikTok is is shaping in, in the minds of, of younger individuals, they, it, it's shaping a world where you watch like a 15 second story. And the craziest thing about TikTok that got me into it back in Musical.ly was the ability to use music, like AAA music that you would get flagged on and taken down for or muted for on YouTube. I don't know how TikTok does it, or maybe it's by nature of them being a Chinese company company, and the I Chinese think, is not giving a shit. I think when the, when the clip is under a certain time length or musicians now, and people don't understand the changing information landscape, musicians are actively putting their music on TikTok, mm-hmm. hoping fans will make videos out of it. 
Yeah, and that's that's what the music industry has gotten. Like they understand that it's not about like I have to sell my music to make the money. No, you get attention, and then you'll get the money from the attention. You find ways to monetize that attention, because music didn't used to be scalable. It used to be you show up with your instrument at a venue and you play and you get paid based on how many people you're you're like a bard, right? A bard playing at a bar. Now we found ways to make music scalable. Spotify, iTunes, back when it before it was defunct, um, and now like through TikTok is making the, the 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 song itself scalable. So I think what what you're trying to do and what I hope to do is you found a way to make body work scalable. It's not the work itself, but it's the information. And I think once more, well. I would say once more massage therapists like tune into that, more we're, we're going to start tapping into it. But what so many of these massage therapists are afraid of is their their practice is first and foremost private. They're in a private room. Their client is naked, oftentimes starts laying face down. So it's not really like a personal interaction. It is and it isn't. It's a, it's a really interesting thing that I would, I'd love to go to talk at length changes, about. It changes the dynamics. It changes mm-hmm. the dynamics because the person is nude and it's done in private. We'll take a quick break. Hey, y'all. Once again, it's Trent Knox. This is the last 15. Last 15. Laugh 15. This is the last 15 of uh, the podcast, and I just wanted to let you guys know, thank you for coming in. I see a lot of Twitch viewers tuning in asking, what is this? WTF? Same question, bruh. Um, and you know what? We're working on it. Hopefully, it'll be clear in the future, but it's a, it's a massage industry. Well, maybe it's not. <laughs> I don't know. But... <laughs> Uh, we, we're having fun. We're doing a little podcast here, but anyway, for those massage therapists out there that are looking to improve their practice, we have a free trial currently on the reboot insiders club. The reboot insiders club has 400 plus hours of video content material, whatever you want to call it, uh, to study and improve your practice. Head on over to rgwellness.store slash free trial and take advantage of the first 30 days for new users, uh, for free. And, um, have fun or use it in your practice, however you want to do that. Anyway, back to Robert and James in the studio. I'm here with James Leffler. Again, James, I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. It's a tough uh, James, German name. Yeah, German. Okay. So can you give me a little bit more information about, uh, for the audience, your social media channels where they can follow you? Yeah, you can watch my creative experiment in TikTok unfold at james.move. You can also find me on Instagram at james.move and watch my journey as just a bodywork professional. Right now I'm in school at True Therapeutics. Yeah. So, James, I, I had a quick thought as we were talking about like changes in the service and the stuff we were talking about. Like You had almost a slight negative response to me saying I'm going to destroy the industry, whatever, or even for the audience maybe, the way they'll perceive that. You have to understand, for me, I've been teaching what I do for the past 10 years in Austin. I feel like I've created something that's similar. It's not the same to like Uber to the cab company. And I've been begging the cab company to come on. Like we can create the app. We can, we can scale this out and deliver this transportation service more effectively. 
and they're going, mm, no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> not real. Yeah, I'm not real sure. This doesn't really sit well. And I'm going, guys, things change. Mm-hmm. Let's let's evolve. Let's change. Let's make the service fundamentally. This is what I teach. Let's make it better for the consumer, and let make it better for the therapist. And fundamentally, they go, well, I don't understand. What authority figure did you learn this from? What school approved this? What regulatory? And I'm like, you still trust those people? Like, you're talking about the healthcare industry. You trust the people who created the largest opiate epidemic in American history. (laughs) Okay, I don't. Yeah, and I, I understand that lack of trust for sure. Yeah. The gate gatekeepers. It's just gatekeepers. And here's the thing. On the internet, very few gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, I'm weird. I'm ornery. I'm irritating, right? <laughs> I've been chronic pain for 20 years. That might give you some information about why I can be a bit ornery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I give my work away for nearly free. The industry I'm in doesn't want it. What's inevitably going to happen? Well, I'm going to start to look elsewhere. What I did was I found the internet and went YouTube, social. Oh, okay. Just keep giving them information and find out who your people are. And here's the thing. Maybe they're in Spain. I don't know what massage regulation is in Spain. I Mm -hmm. certainly don't know what it is in Chad. I don't understand what it is in South Africa. I don't know what it is in Australia. I don't even know what it is partly in Mississippi because each geographic border, you know, has like its own set of rules and regulations. I'm just trying to find my people and I'm trying to evolve and grow as fast as possible. Yeah. And I, I think that that's an interesting point that, you know, you know the rules in Texas, but you don't necessarily know what they are in Mississippi. And I, I think, you know, if we go back to our conversation about regulation versus no regulation, we've, I think in America, we've gone way too much toward too much regulation within the bodywork industry. When you have, it, it, it almost, um, shits on the license itself. It's like, okay, you're a, you're a licensed massage therapist in Texas. Great. You're allowed to do this, but step over a state line and suddenly you're not. When, you know, we're all the same, we all basically have the same body. Like, of course, we're built differently, but if you, if you, like, once you learn basic anatomy, you know kind of a foundation to work on most people and something to build on top of for most people. Now, obviously, you have specializations and certain types of bodies that need specific types of work, but, but that's where the regulation comes in. Like if my, if my mom has cancer and she needs to get like a lymph drainage massage, I want to make sure the person who's giving lymphatic drainage massage is like has some sort of training. Now, who is gonna who's gonna say like this training is good and this training isn't? I don't know, but that's where like the social structures that we have are at least a framework. It's a framework that's a little bit too rigid right now, but it's a framework that we can at least begin to manipulate, and that's going to get manipulated regardless, as what we're seeing with a place like Stretch Lab. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I just don't see how. You know, victimless crimes uh, between consenting individuals could be enforced. That could be drugs. That could be prostitution. It could be massage or body work. 
Like it just gets to a point and you have to understand when I say I'm against massage regulation, it's like I have three licenses in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in good standing. I'm not breaking any laws. I'm just saying right. generally, I think this is useless. I don't think it helps me in any way. It makes massage therapists think I know what I'm doing, but it's like when you really dig into it, you know, it's like you can't be a nurse and skip state lines necessarily. You can't be a doctor and skip state lines. You can't be a, a lawyer. They're preventing competition. The cab company said, no, we're safe, we're secure. There are licenses and rules. And Uber said, okay, we'll let you think that. I don't, I don't rest on regulation to, to secure my uh, money flow. Let's put it that way. Can yeah. I drop in here real quick? I, I go out and do my thing. Sure, come on in. All right, cool. Uh, there's currently a, a, a controversy over your AirPods going on oh, yeah? in, in the Twitch chat. Um, they one, one person, Faisal Blackbox, says, how is AirPods flexing? Tons of people have them. But I was just, you know, had to come in here and, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, definitely say that um, ultimately the world doesn't, like you guys are saying, don't don't care what regulation looks like in the United States, you know. Right. And the United the the um, United Nations or the UN isn't about to regulate massage in any way, uh, but. You know, um, earlier you, I almost heard you have this Freudian slip, uh, and say Marxism instead of capitalism. And I think it came from earlier when Robert I was, was say t- marketing <laughs> yeah, or, or, or where it was at, but it, earlier did, there are so many, um, things in, 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 in language that lead to why people regulate things. So it's like people attribute you know, uh, new regulations based on new systems. So you have Mark Zuckerberg, which fits this, this dystopian reality that people look at. Then they start talking about, Oh, what kind of society do we really live in? And then, um, some of the older things that you, 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 I I thought you were going to go down this route, but you know, that in America, we have had a change before, just like this one when it attributed to the Civil War and the difference between the Articles of Confederation and the Constitution. So we've experienced this. We're just waiting for that next document to dictate what the new 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 world will look like. So as more of us are are working are 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 developing and we've already become cyborgs in a sense where we all walk around with our Android phone or our Apple phone. And so the the point at which we're just uploading or maybe the system is downloading, whichever perspective you take, and we're uploading our consciousness to a 3D printed organic organism that that doesn't (laughs) – that that doesn't represent the old our old body even though it is a, you know it's like a new copy of it but that that right there should should scare massage therapists enough because eventually they it is it, it's not needed so at this time you know they the the people who own the own brick and mortars the people who own schools 
are are holding out because they want to they want to preserve the the only control they have over over massage at this time because eventually the robot or or your uploaded consciousness in an organ you know uh, organic um body will it will negate the need for massage or doctors or like many other practitioners in power structures do everything they can to maintain their power structure which includes buying lobbyists and passing laws that's what it amounts to when it comes to massage and body work i'm an anarchist i give less than a shit about massage regulation i follow it but you know i pay my fees and i renew my license but I don't see it doing anything of benefit to massage therapists other than giving them the idea that, you know, they're now authorized leaders in their community because they have a license. You know, if you listen to this and you have problems with what I'm talking about, you have to understand it's kind of like, you know, horse breeders weren't going to invest in Henry Ford. Henry Ford was quoted as having said, if I had asked my consumer or, you know, asked my customer what they wanted, they wanted a faster horse. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. I'm delivering something new. It's not because I flaunt regulation. That's not it at all. Like I understand there are repercussions for breaking state laws. However, I'm not breaking any laws. I'm just going out and trying to help people as selflessly as I can and then getting flack for that. Yeah. I think I think that the, the the regulatory piece is there's there's a great book about this. Uh, it's called Skin in the Game by Nassim Taleb, and basically it's it, it talks about how you have like right now you have to have less skin in the game than ever before to emerge or put yourself into a certain industry. My my fiance who's watching right now, I love you, Bay, is a dietitian. And the public doesn't necessarily know the difference yeah. between a dietitian and a nutritionist. Yep. It's, it's ridiculous because a dietitian is like, they, have, they literally have to have a master's degree. Talk about like a year longer, a six month license to practice massage. Think about having a master's degree in dietetics versus doing like a, a couple months course in nutrition and then creating meal plans for people. It's like the, the, the gatekeepers are – it's not that they're not doing a good job of, of holding their power. They can't because of the nature of the internet. So we're having like a, a marketing and idea meritocracy take place that is worldwide. Something that you mentioned, Trent, is the U- UK doesn't care about massage law in Texas. We suddenly have this global society now, that doesn't – mean i don't think it means that we need to throw all regulation out the window forever with regard to massage but i all and I, I, I like i said for like the third time i'm very libertarian so i'm i can't believe i'm arguing for regulation but no regulation means that there's no skin in the game having no skin no necessity necessity for skin in the game having no necessity for skin in the game means the potential exists for people who for people to, to injure others doing body work and i think people get injured every day opening cans we don't make can openers illegal 
people get injured every day driving cars. And every day I drive on a Texas roadway, it tells me how many people died. I've never seen anybody say, let's, let's make cars illegal. Right. We accept a certain level of harm so long as there is enough benefit. Massage and body work is not, on the whole, is not that dangerous. More people are injured in yoga classes every day. Do you need a license to teach yoga? Well, if you're getting no. paid for it, you don't need a license. You just need to be And here's registered. the thing. I'm a yoga teacher and a massage therapist. The massage community said, no, we need government to come in and regulate us. And the yoga community said, nah, we'll regulate ourselves. Yeah. And see, and that I like is like the government does, is not going to know how to regulate uh, the massage industry as well as, you know, massage therapists or body workers. But we're, we're coming into a place where well, who are the authorities that we turn to for massage? Um, but one thing that I really want to touch on that you, you mentioned is like, well, people take the risk of death when they drive every day. I, I spent uh, some time in India and the, it was the most foreign country I'd, I'd ever been to. And the way that they drive, I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been around, but like India was just the furthest from America I can, I can imagine. <laughs> it was just wild. But the, the most just alien thing that I came across was their driving system. It was essentially organized chaos. There was just a giant road and it reminded me of, of ants that somehow it worked, but people would take literal one inch gaps. So that to me is is no regulation like that's what you get when you have no regulation like maybe it's it, it, it works for them but would i rather have a society where like we have spe specified lanes that are a specific width so that people can drive and then it that also informs car dealers that they can make cars a certain you know a certain width and like, there, there's is, room for regulation. And I don't know this. Are more people injured in India in cars? I don't know. I would almost certainly. Oh, right. man, what a shame. Oh, well, we'll just do <laughs> any more of these. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good to me. So we'll uh, talk to you again soon, James. Um, can you give them your contact information where they can find you again? Yeah, TikTok at james.move if you like a smorgasbord of random coloring music content and at james.move on instagram if you're interested in curated tiktok content true therapeutics if you want to watch me develop as a bodywork professional cool. and again i'm robert gardner wellness uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in with me and james i look forward to working with james in the future so we can disrupt an entire industry